I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hello and welcome to the Mellow Compass podcast. We are the podcast that aims to educate our listeners on the variety of opportunities available in the music industry by really getting beneath what job titles actually mean. This week, Karen Emmanuel is with us. Karen started in the music business, booking bands and DJing at university in Leeds. In the late 80s, she took a job at Rough Trade Distribution, climbing the ladder in a male-dominated sector by asking the right questions and learning the numbers. In the early 90s, she started her own company, Key Production, which specializes in the design and manufacture of vinyl and other physical product for music and other industries. Karen is also one of the driving forces behind Moving the Needle, an organization supporting women in the music industry. Karen, welcome to the Mellow Compass podcast. We have so much to talk about. I had to really think about what we're going to focus on for this half an hour conversation because we could probably be talking all day. So to kind of start off with, you have obviously been the driving force behind Moving the Needle, which has had a lot of publicity, quite rightly, in the past year. And there's also a lot of synergy between Moving the Needle and Mellow Compass, which is awesome. If people haven't heard of Moving the Needle, could you share a little about what it is, what your ambitions are, how it came about, what your role is kind of within that organisation? Okay, so gosh, where do I start? We could be here all day, by the way, because uh, having been in the industry for about over 30 years, there's, there's a lot of background. So Moving the Needle, how it came about was... As I said, I've been in the industry for an awful long time. And I think like most people, as they get older, they realise that they've got an awful lot to give back. So I started doing a lot more mentoring. I started doing work inside schools um, and realised that I had an awful lot to say and particularly to inspire and help young women getting into the industry. I came at it very much from an educational sort of side of things because I realised that people 
kind of don't get told what's available in the music industry and they don't get helped up. And you found in the past, I think women have been sort of shoved into particular roles because they don't know what else there is there. So I was talking to a few sort of friends of mine and we're all women that have been in the music industry for quite some time. And we've all had very, very different career paths to get there, often changing careers along the way. And thought, well, hang on a minute, if we all get together, we can, as a group, help and inspire young women to get into the music industry, to stay in the music industry, but to go into all different parts of it. As we all know that the music industry has tended to be very sort of white, middle-class male dominated at the top. So our way of thinking was, well, if you can encourage people, sort of a diverse range of people in at the bottom and enable them to get to the top, then you can change the whole sort of profile of the music industry for the better. Because as we all know, diversity is what makes companies run better. The group of women slowly started growing and we sort of formed a loose board. Um, it's all very much moving the needle is about just people giving their time for nothing. We don't have a structure as such, although we will do soon. <laughs> and we sort of kind of trying to establish a, a three pronged things that we want to do so one is to go into schools and colleges inspire young women tell them about all the different types of jobs that you can get in the industry because there are so many and it's not just about being behind a mic or you know being a dj or something like that the things that people normally think about the other thing um, is mentoring so we're going to be setting up a mentoring scheme that's going to be slightly different to other mentoring schemes which we will launch possibly later this year possibly beginning of next year and then the third thing, women drop out of the music industry. Normally when they get to sort of about 40, in their 40s, there's a huge drop off. So you get a lot of women coming in at the beginning and then they slowly drop out. Reason being quite often for caring responsibilities, be it children or be it parents, relatives or whatever. So we want to enable women to be able to stay in. We've spoken to quite a lot of women artists, for example, and they have to stop their artistic careers because mm. they can't afford childcare or they can't take their kids with them. And it's very different if you look at the Scandinavian countries compared to the UK. So, so that piece is actually quite a big piece of having to lobby governments and actually try to change things in, in law um, to enable women to, to have the child care or um, other professional care to enable them to carry on in their jobs. So, so that's kind of a big piece that, that we're going to be looking at. So, uh, yeah, we're, that's, gosh, how, why, what? I think I've done all that in one very <laughs> paragraph. <laughs> yeah, lots of things going on and completely agree. I mean, this is going to take time for the music industry to change. But like you've rightly said previously, people hire people that look like them. And if we can change that from the top down um, or even kind of mid-level and down, then we will eventually have a music industry that reflects the artists and the writers that we are listening to, which is obviously exactly how a more successful industry will continue to develop. So 
you know, you mentioned, you know, educating women on the breadth of opportunities that are out there for people to have in the music industry. And, you know, this is something that we talk about a lot um, with Mellow Compass as well. And, you know, you started out working a rough trade in the distribution department um, in the 80s, having been told that you as a woman, would be a secretary, which is very, very old school. Can you tell me why distribution? Why did you start where you did? <laughs> um, it chose me. I didn't choose it. Got um, it. <laughs> <laughs> I literally, so as I say, I had no idea of what jobs there were available in the music industry. I, I absolutely didn't have a clue. You know, you'd heard a bit about A&R and, and I knew about sort of promoting and booking bands because I did that at university. And I think that's probably what really kind of fueled me um, so that when I returned from traveling, kind of, I didn't really know what to do. And, and my friends sort of said to me, it's like, you know, you're you stupid, you love music. You know, why don't you get into the music industry? And this was the whole, well, if you want to do that, you have to become a secretary sort of conversation. Mm. Wish I'd learned to type though, it would really help things. But anyway, <laughs> so I literally walked the streets. We didn't have the internet then. Can you believe it? So to, to look for a job, you looked in the back of newspapers, you looked in, in the back of New Enemy and Sounds Melody Maker to see what was available. They had some youth opportunity schemes at the time as well. And I sort of wrote my CV and I'd phone people up and see if they had any openings and sort of knock on doors until something came up. And it really coincidentally was meant to be, I guess. I think through a youth opportunity scheme and through me knocking on the door, um, Rough Trade ended up offering me a job. And I actually started off as a receptionist, not a secretary. Reception was actually a really good place to start because you got to know everyone. I'm really nosy. I ask a lot of questions. Um, I think it's really important because that's the way you learn. And I, I kind of got to know a bit about the runnings of the company and all the different departments that there were there. And I was try then trying to figure out how everything kind of meshed together and, and how it all worked. And I think by asking the questions made people realize that there was more to me than being a receptionist. And then they started getting me to check some invoices in the production department, which was the department that was enabling the manufacturer of all the, the physical product. So I started checking the invoices, then there was a phone call one day of one of the guys that works in the production department going, I'm at the airport, I've left. <laughs> so there was suddenly an opening in the production department, which, which I went for and got. But I, I had no aspirations to get into distribution, to get into production or anything like that. I wanted to get my foot in the door and see where it took me, but I had no idea of what was available. And the universe knew where it was going to take you. Seemingly so, yes. <laughs> <laughs> okay, cool. So then, you know, you were there for a couple of years and this is actually making a lot more sense now speaking to you about this because, you know, having done research and kind of read about your background, um, you know, you, you've gone on to create key production, having been working at Rough Trade and, you know, asking the right questions is a real leader as to how your kind of brain works and also your interest in how a business works. So I definitely can understand being at the reception, you're meeting all these people 
and you're learning about all the different departments. And so that I imagine was really helpful for then when you came to set up your own business. Yeah, it, it was. And not only just that, it kind of, as I progressed through the company, I progressed very quickly. Um, so I used to go to quite a lot of meetings and sort of hear what was happening. And I learned quite a lot about how not to run a company as well by being there and could see the kind of the good bits and the bad bits because um, the company went bust not that long and nothing to do with me, I hasten to add, but not that long after I left. And I could I could see some of what have, had caused it and really sort of took those lessons on board. And you know, having been made redundant from Rough Trade in about 1990, you took the opportunity to then set up Key Production. What was the reason for firstly setting up your own business, um, but then also setting up your own business as opposed to looking for other opportunities in a company uh, instead? Oh, it kind of, in a way, goes back to a couple of, things that were trigger points one um <laughs> there was a new boss that came into rough trade who i didn't particularly agree with his methodologies and he turned around to me and said production's one person and a computer bearing in mind we weren't using computers at this point and i that must have triggered something and then coming back from a factory visit with some other people in the department and one of the guys was saying, it's like, oh, you know, we could actually just, just do this yourself. And I was like, oh, maybe production is one person, the computer, and I could do it myself. And it, the idea just started forming. I think when I, I actually asked to be made redundant, which was really lucky because, as I say, soon after the company collapsed. So I did get a little money um, from it. But I asked one of my clients at Rough Trade, I'd done the sums, so I kind of worked out, okay, if I can get the same price as Rough Trade are getting or similar, and if I can put this amount of money on it, they're going to get all their goods this much cheaper than they're getting now. And I knew how much work they were doing. And I'm like, well, if they continue doing this much work, the amount of money that I can make will enable me to live. So I kind of went to them and we've obviously built up a good relationship and they had spare space in their offices and said, yeah, well, you know, why don't we do it? And I spoke to a couple of factories and I said, look, if I did this, would you give me a line of credit? Because I can guarantee, because I'm going to have this customer. And they said, yes. And everyone said, yes. And I thought, well, what have I got to lose? I had nothing, you know, no house, no car, no nothing. Um, <laughs> you know, so, so what did I have to lose? If it didn't work out, I would then just get another job. So it wasn't me particularly wanting to own a business run a business or anything mm. like that it was just the opportunity came up and I thought you know if it doesn't work I'll, I'll get another job you know that that won't be too terrible and it looks like it worked yeah it has absolutely worked 31 32 years on incredible you still working with one of your first clients that, that client we're still working with incredible that very one yes <laughs> what do you think it is about how you work together that's kept that client. I think, oh gosh, we're, as a company, we're quite a loyal company. So we keep a lot of the same suppliers. We build relationships. Um, yeah, we work really hard. I think, you know, everyone here really cares 
about what they do. Um, and that comes through to the clients. Um, and we really care about the service that we're giving to people. So, you know, as, as a client, you want that. You mm. want someone to care. And again, build up the knowledge. We teach people. They build up their knowledge here. I mean, I've got staff that have been here over 25 years as well. So there's a lot of loyalty kind of all round, you know, from the staff to us, our customers to us, from us to our suppliers. And it just builds a very good culture within the company. And the music industry is a people industry. Absolutely, yeah. You know, and, and it's all about building relationships and keeping relationships and seeing, you know, seeing the people for who they are. And you know, so often if you, if you just pick up the phone and speak to someone rather than email them, it's so much better. And if you go around and obviously COVID's made things very difficult for us to actually physically see um, our clients and suppliers. But coming back to it now, it's just makes a whole heap of difference that yeah it's really important absolutely and it, it tightens those relationships as well I always think if, if you can rather than sending a whatsapp send a, a voice message like if you don't want to have a, a call like have that person hear your voice because it really connects you with who they are I've uh, noticed that recently actually it's funny that everyone's sending whatsapp messages <laughs> yeah it's something that I've definitely got used to doing now uh, it's so much faster so much yeah. faster yeah <laughs> so just talking about key production a little bit more detail now for anybody who isn't aware of what key production is you are a manufacturer of vinyl or well, actually several products cassettes you did um, there's a wonderful oh, timeline on your website <laughs> so I highly recommend checking that out because it gives really good insight into the development of music products um, from when you started in 1990 all the way up to 2022 and it's really interesting to see how you as a company have developed as well um, because quite rightly it as you say on your website it's an ever-changing industry and there have been peaks and troughs so actually understanding a little bit more about the types of opportunities that present themselves in this part of the industry um, would be would be great to know about. Yeah, well, picks, troughs, changes, yes. Um, it's really interesting, isn't it? So, so yeah, we, we design and make physical products, um, not just in the music industry, but the music industry is, is our mainstay. And the amount of times I've been told that my business is going to disappear or collapse because people aren't going to have physical products anymore um has been quite shocking really I mean in some instances they've been partially right when I started there was um an abundance of CD singles and that was a big part of our industry and that just dropped overnight and and also really interesting talking about vinyl when I started um it was very much well vinyl and CD um, and then vinyl started kind of dropping off and CD really became the big one. Then the CD singles dropped off. Then vinyls come back and oh boy, has it come back. Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome. Like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome. Like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out-of-pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what-ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. 
Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Um, so it's, it really has gone sort of up and down. But then, so so when I was seeing, I think probably around the collapse of CD singles, big market crashes, the whole sort of digital sort of side of things exploding. I did have to think quite carefully as like it, what's going to happen, and so that was that was the time I sort of I bought a company called Think Tank Media, and they very much specialised in high end product, really bespoke specialist um, packaging. So they bought a whole wealth of knowledge into the company that we partly had, but not as much as they had, with the idea in the back of my mind that should the physical music side of things go we get into the physical side of things in other industries and we kept the branding the logo and everything of think tank because quite often people outside the music industry don't want to use a music industry company to do their work they want a, a creative agency sign of kept that that side of things but it just so happens some of this is not my careful planning Sometimes it's a bit more luck than judgment. And at that time in the music industry, things started turning quite a lot to bespoke packaging. So really special box sets and things like that. And, and here we were with all that knowledge. So we were then able to kind of you know, turn a little bit into that and become really experts in that side of things. Um, and it, that sort of culminated in also another acquisition that I made that had a product design department in it. So we got product designers that can do 3D renders, um, show you what a product's going to look like before it's finished. We've got a couple of sort of print specialists that have worked at printers as well, so they know how everything fits together. So it kind of built, built up like that. Yeah. Did I answer your question? I don't know if I did. I rambled there. <laughs> <laughs> That was cool. I, I was asking about um, the different opportunities within this space. So um, there's a breadth of opportunities 
Yes. Clearly. <laughs> Whether you are a designer or more of a marketeer, there is something for everybody. And also just to get an idea of the partners that you work with, you say music industry is your mainstay. So are you working directly with labels, delivering product to them or music distributors? All of the above and in, <laughs> and, in, no, and also label services companies okay. and individuals. So we're very proud. Where I came from really as, as a company was we were, work, we were doing a lot of work for people that are just starting off that don't know how to do things mm. and we enable them to be able to make their product. So we still have um, yeah, a lot of people that are just that are doing maybe sort of 500 units that they want to take on tour and sell um, on their tour um, or send directly to customers or their fan base or whatever. So, you know, we go from a small artist that's just beginning to build right up to very, very well-known ones. So we do work for management companies as well. Yeah, it really is anybody that we can help, <laughs> we will help from the very small to the very large. And we've got such a wealth of sort of expertise and knowledge here. I suppose if we, if we want to track back to opportunities for jobs for people, yeah. Um, well, from receptionist where I started, <laughs> through to um, not only have we got a marketing department with sort of digital marketing, we've got a photographer, we've got product designers, graphic designer, we've got a supply chain department, we've got people that work on databases, IT specialists. Accounts department, so that's both qualified accountants, but also people that just want to work with numbers and like numbers that don't have to be qualified. Then the um, account managers that we've got are the people that do the day-to-day -day work, some of the relationship building with the customers and actually monitoring and working out how everything's going to work and put together and get it all delivered. Hmm. Sales people as well, people that like to go out and network and sell. We've got a whole senior management team as well. So yeah, I suppose a company that has lots of different facets to it and loads and loads of different jobs and opportunities that people can come into at all levels. Mm. I'm hearing a lot of transferable skills in these opportunities as well, which I think is very key to be aware of because particularly as women, we tend to look at job descriptions and go, oh, I can't do all of those things, so I'm not going to apply for it. Whereas our male counterparts will look at it and go, yeah, well, I can do like 60%, so I'm going to go for it anyway. And, you know, the same rings true throughout the whole application process. And that also leads back to, you know, when you're speaking, whoever you're interviewing with, for example, we want to beat that status quo of people hiring people that look like them. Yes, um, yes, yeah, absolutely. I mean, we try to, there, there's quite a good app, and I'm, unfortunately, I can't remember its name, that you can plug in a job description to, and they tell you your wording and how your wording sounds and whether it's kind of weighted towards male applicants or female applicants. So we always try to sort of have a look at that to encourage more people to think that they can be able to do um, apply for the job. That's brilliant. And the other thing I wanted to touch on with Key Production is the playback platform, which supports the independent music scene. So is this something that came out of you speaking to your customers, um, be it labels, distributors, label services, and you felt that this is something that Key Production could also be supporting 
the creatives of the product that you're producing yeah it, it's that and I think it's also that um I've got a company full of incredibly talented people that know a lot of different people in the music industry we know a lot of we go to a lot of gigs we see a lot of the independent side of things um we're, we're very very long-standing members of AIM and it, it was I suppose a culmination of wanting to give more than just what people expect us to give hmm. it's not a particular platform for us to to sell ourselves it's more to like you say sort of help creatives inform people you know we've, we've done a couple of like really great interviews with people like like julie Weir, gigs and uh, yeah it's it's just to kind of i suppose give some as i say give something more mm. because we're all really interested in it and it all links into us it just makes us more of a community and i think that's yeah we, we don't want to be seen just as a company that makes stuff even though we make really good stuff you know we, we're people we're part of a community and we want to be part of that community yeah and it goes back to you know this being a relationships business as well and yeah. you know it sounds like that is completely where this has come from it's acknowledging that you are so much more than a production company making awesome products and so this is this is a natural sort of segue into creating that community that's right yeah so speaking from more of a business owner perspective um you know there have been various challenges over the last year two years perhaps from a business perspective is there something that you are particularly proud of overcoming in that time perhaps a particular challenge that you've been faced with that if you can think of one of them one um, <laughs> so I cannot be... think of one we, we've had <laughs> a holy storm <laughs> of challenges over the past couple of years um which I am super proud of my staff for getting through um without having nervous breakdowns I'm sure I'm sure we, there's a lot of us that have been on the edge um obviously Covid came along and overnight we went from being an office-based company to all having to work from home that had challenges in itself um trying to keep the morale up of all the staff um some people had to go on furlough you know everything dropped off a cliff for a while but then, but then it came back with a vengeance and we've never seen anything like it. So we had to kind of change really quickly to try to cope with the, a huge influx of work. We're still not in the office. Um, so I'm trying to build the company to enable us to do this work. Um, but at the same time, we had Brexit. Yep. And supply chain issues like you never believe, which is still going on, and prices going up, and I kid you not, weekly and overnight, we've lost a lot of our negotiation ability because it's just like we need we need it, we need it now, and people are putting their prices up, and if we don't pay them, we don't get the goods. Yeah, all, all of this stuff. Um, and we've had to kind of look at the way that we operate and go, well, nowadays, because of the way the supply chain is, we've actually had to change 
the way we operate, change change our systems to be able to keep up with it, to be able to schedule properly. We've had to try to pass all the information onto our customers as quickly as as, as we can and as quickly as we get it. And the the, the guys, you know, they've they've just been having to tell people bad news as. Uh, the factories haven't been able to cope and they haven't been able to schedule. They've let us down, which means we're letting customers down. So it's just, you know, really tough. I mean, it's, yeah, it's great that people want physical products and are buying more of it and we have to make more of it. So from a business perspective, it's great. But from a, from a people perspective, it's just been, you know, really hard to kind of make sure that you manage it properly uh, and keep it in control. So, yeah, it, it's been really, really tough. I've had to kind of immerse myself right back into the business again. But the guys here, have, as I say, have done absolutely remarkably mm. to sort of get through the, these these really difficult periods. Mm. So, so the one thing I'm most proud about is that we're still here. <laughs> you're still here, and you're going strong. <laughs> yes. And vinyl is back with a vengeance. Oh, and some. <laughs> and no, you can't have any capacity yet, yet. <laughs> Next year, maybe. <laughs> yeah, because you were saying that the um, lead times for producing some products is up to nine months, which yeah. you can have a baby in that time, which yes. is pretty mad. <laughs> um, so it gives a, like an idea of these challenges that, or new challenges that you are now facing as a business, because obviously you have to manage the production lines with the requests and demands of your customers that's right and it's kind of and it's also trying to make sure that you're fair to everybody because obviously we have customers of all different sizes so we have to sort of really manage the capacity very very carefully mm-hmm. um so and it, yeah and it's it's yeah we do think it will get better you know some lead times are down now but some are still, you know, we're still booking into the middle of next year with bulk capacity. Well, beginning at least the beginning of next year. So, so, but it's, yeah, it's, it's been it's been difficult to manage. <laughs> yeah. Also, good to know that you've got business coming in next year as well. <laughs> That's very true. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, just to to round off, um, one question that I'm, you know you can kind of hear these values in and out of how you've been managing your your business and how you've managed your career but what would you say are the key values that you have carried throughout your career independence <laughs> um honesty the company itself when whenever we sort of talk about what it's like to be here the sort of family values always always come up i've always been very passionate and i think that passion is just sort of runs through the company uh, my, my parents you know god bless them they taught me some really important values from when i was really young about honesty and putting yourself in other people's shoes mm-hmm. um always try to think about how how they feel um i'm very pragmatic as well and i think that that's kind of really helped the business when it's been in you know in difficult times and there have been quite a lot of times that have been difficult times and I, yeah. I, I think that sort of helps see me through yeah and, and I, I think I said this before it's like keep asking questions keep learning and one thing that we always ask our guests as you know we do work in the music industry and particularly for this is so relevant for you is you know what is your go-to record and 
Do you have it on vinyl is the big question. I was going to say, people always, always ask me that question. And I always come back with the same answer is I, I don't have one. I have so many. Yeah. As soon as I start thinking of one, 20 others flood into my head. I probably do have them all on vinyl. Um, what I would say is I'm, I'm still, quite, still quite stuck in the 80s. Um, and, you know, I, I, I like a lot of post-punk and that. And I think that that's from, you know, those times when I, I was at, at Leeds at university. And I think it was like that, that time really influenced me. And, and just prior to then as well, as I was growing up as a sort of, you know, mid-late teenager and then into college. And I was listening to an awful lot of music then. So so a lot of stuff that I I go back to is I think from that that era interestingly but I could never pinpoint one thing Sorry. yeah no no that is that is the per perfect question it's probably the hardest question to ask a music fan because you're like oh but I have my favorite album in this genre and <laughs> this time period but I oh I don't know <laughs> I, I realized it so much when um we were putting together our wedding list myself and my husband and uh as soon as I thought of one song, another one triggered, and then another one triggered, and then another one triggered, and he ends up with this massive, massive list. And and I was just going, I could never choose my favourites from that. <laughs> what one action would you encourage our listeners to take on to further their career in music? Network. Strong. I'd say. Yeah, network. Um, but always, always be genuine and be yourself mm. and respect everybody that you talk to as well because you never know who they are who they're going to be Karen thank you so much for sharing your story with us it's been very much of value and we really appreciate your time oh thank you very much for having me it's been really lovely talking to you this podcast is produced by the wonderful Rosie Bennett Thanks again for listening and we'll see you over in the next episode. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well... HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. <laughs>